he's going to close the door and turn off the light. I can hear you whispering. Because the furnace is loud. He has very sensitive hearing and very, very soft bunny ears. Don't talk about my ears on the podcast. We it's all not know, allowed. We all know that you're the master of the podcast anyways. It just no ears on the podcast, please. Daniel, that is like saying no one should watch our television show. No ears on the podcast. Nobody okay. listen to the podcast. That is a deliberate misconstruction of my words, Your Honor. Welcome to law school. It. Welcome to drunk law school. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. Oh, Daniel's going to go straight into his cronk impression. That's great. Oh, well, uh, we don't do we Should I do it? Yeah. This is uh, drunk law school. <laughs> We're here in... Cusco's basement. <laughs> Thinking about the poison to kill Cusco. Cusco's poison. Cusco's poison. <laughs> there you have it. Folks. That was great. Thank you. This last year for Halloween, Daniel went as Kronk and I went as Isma. It was a good time. It was. We looked we pretty good. We had a great time. We did. My house had a party. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. We are recording in my basement um, at my house back home since I'm on break. Thank God I have finished my finals, everybody. So I do know a little bit. She I, finished her first semester of law. I got to tell you guys, I learned a lot about the law. We haven't finished our first semester of drunk law school. I learned a lot about the law in studying for finals, way more than the aggregate of what I had learned during the semester, probably. Daniel, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I made myself a Moscow Mule. Oh, was it an original? Did you add some sort of flavors? No, it's it? it's it's a straight up regular thing. All My mom would be so proud of you. Is vodka and ginger beer and a little bit of lime, mm -hmm. and you need yourself a copper cup. That's right, and you have all those things. I believe the inside of this is tin. It actually. is because if you drink out of copper, it's slightly poisonous. But the outside is copper, right? Which is you're already putting your mouth on it. So I'm just like, how how poisonous really are we getting here? Well, I mean, look, it's alcohol. We want to minimize the poison but not remove it totally because then where's the fun? I yeah, mean, that's hello. right. The alcohol also brings it. What are you drinking? I am drinking, I'm drinking uh, Bailey's hot chocolate. Ooh. I'm starting to get a little bit of sore throat, which I am blaming on you. Yeah, it's my fault. And uh, I wanted something warm to drink and we forgot to bring the butter shots back from my friend's family farm where we spent Christmas Eve. Megan, tell our sweet listeners what the hell a butter shot is. Butter shots, I don't really even know. It's kind it's like it's a liqueur and it is clear, but uh -huh. it's very like butterscotch caramely. Is it um, butter ripple schnapps? No, it's different. It's literally just called butter shots. That's what it says on the outside. I'm sure it's like low shelf, but it's huh. delicious. Okay. And if you mix All it right. with cream, it's super good. If you put it in coffee and hot chocolate. So I compromised with the Baileys since we I forgot see. it. Okay. Disclaimer. You ought to know it by now. The end. There you go. This is not legal advice. I have finished my first semester though, so that's an update to the disclaimer. So I'm no longer not even finished my first semester. I have now finished my first semester. Hooray. Okay. She's still not even halfway. I mean, what's the difference? What's really? the difference? It does, I'm one-sixth of the way. She doesn't really know anything. Here's okay. What it like the average lifespan? Let's just round it up. Eighty years. What is okay. one sixth of That's eighty generous. years? Well, it's seventy seven for men and seventy nine for women. Uh, what is one sixth of eighty years? I don't know. Daniel, do you want to know? 
Yeah, you normally know these things. I'm going to say it's like 14 or something like that. Okay. 13.3333 years. Yeah, look at that. I'm getting a lot better at these things. So in the if you were to turn law school into a lifespan, I am a 13-year-old. That honestly <laughs> is yikes because that means you're about to hit puberty. Do you want to know what the uh, case is today? What case are we doing? Okay, first. Tonight. First, guess which class we're going to do. Contracts, because you told me it would I be did. contracts. And, you know, there's so many, I have so many good cases from Torts written down, but really we need to spread the love and there's some pretty good ones from contracts. So it is from contracts. So this case is called Hobbs versus Massasoit Whip Company. Whip. Say it with me. No. Whip. I, say it. I won't. Do it one time. I say no. Um, Hobbs versus Massasoit Whip Company. That's right. Um, and because it's called the Massasoit Whip Company, what part of the country do you think that it comes from? That that feels like, I think Massasoit was an, a Native American tribe from the eastern seaboard. Yes. New York or Massachusetts? Massachusetts. It okay. comes from the okay. Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts. Wait, say that again. Just I want to make sure that we know how to pronounce it properly. Supreme Judicial Court oh, of Massachusetts. Wow. Great to know. Yeah. Okay. Um, you get an extra bonus point in today's class if you can spell Massachusetts right on the first go. M-A-S-S-A-C-H-U-S-E-T-T-S. Excellent. You Thank do you. get an extra bonus point. That means nothing. But Thank you. Um, this comes uh, from the year 1893. Some of the best contracts cases come from back in the day. Yeah, because people didn't write things down. They're just like, ah, oh, yeah, we'll shake on it. Okay. <laughs> yes. And but, then people screwed each other. And also, like, just so much of contract law was just trial and error. Like, hey, do you think this counts as a promise? And the court being like, well, sure, you know? Who's to say? Who's to say? So um, The court is very small and has no money. <laughs> Oh, the so you can imagine the <laughs> amount of stress it is under. That's a nice John Mulaney reference for our, our our big John Mulaney fans out there, as we are so both. So many. Are you ready for this case now? Yes, I am ready. Okay. I don't think it's— I Am I not ready? It's, it's interesting. You know, I always pick weird ones. Yes. So, okay, it's like 1880s maybe if okay. this was decided in 1893. Okay. We know that the plaintiff is Hobbs. Hobbs. Uh, who's a person. And uh, the defendant is the Massasoit Whip Company. Mm-hmm. Now, by Whip, are we sure that are we sure that the plaintiff is not Calvin? <laughs> are we sure? I mean, maybe they're together, and uh, like I'm sure somebody named Calvin works for this company. Maybe his name was so Calvin. As far Hobbs. as I'm concerned, it's Calvin versus Hobbs. Carry on. Hobbs for his name could have been Calvin. So, if it's a Whip Company, do, what do you think that that? What do they make? I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say whips. Yes. What kind of whips? Uh, leather ones? I don't know. Yes, but for for what purpose? Mm, Horses? Horses, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Not whipped cream. It's different. For horses. So Hobbs is a customer. Are we talking about like the the like long, like stiff ones with a little piece of leather on the end? Are we talking about like the whoosh? That one. The Indiana Jones. There we go. That was a good one. The yeah. Indiana Jones type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I mean, I'm maybe if they were a whip company, they probably made right they pro- many lots, products. You know, right. but for the you have to you have to you'll learn provide more about for why the market what they want. For yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Capitalism. Folks. So 
Hobbs, there is no ethical consumption, as you will see in this. Oh, no. Hobbs is the plaintiff, and he is a manufacturer of eel skins. A manufacturer? Yes. Oh. So what is an eel skin? Like this- the skin of an eel. Oh. And, and why does those need to be manufactured? Because I don't know. Well, I should say harvested maybe. And oh, then, right. And then they need to be tanned. He basically is someone who probably owns a tannery. I didn't even, like, do eels have tannable skin? They do. That's, so I've looked this up. That's gross. First of all. Eels are so strange. Apparently it's very supple and it's very, like, even though it's very thin, like, it usually will be, like, one foot long and two inches wide. That's not very much for, like, right. garment making, but you, they are apparently usually, like, It's kind sewn, of silky. It is silky. They're usually sewn together in, like, big two mm, by five sheets. foot sheets that okay. you can then make into other stuff. That's it's very easy cute. to sew. It's not very rich in calcium, so it's not very hard, mm. so it doesn't break your needles. Yeah. Um, eels are weird animals. Just as a segue on eels, something that I know about them is that we basically don't understand where they come from. Well, they they live. Well, they live in rivers, and, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is we still to this date basically have no idea where eels go to mate. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. Like like eels have populated the world. They're all over They're Asia. They're all over Europe, They're North everywhere. America. You can get them anywhere. They have they have really They're kind of like the rats of the wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're the ocean they're ocean rats. But <laughs> but at some point in their life, we don't know what makes them do this. They make a beeline for the Bermuda Triangle, we think. And then But we don't know because then we don't know we don't know where they come like it's very possible that all the eels in the world are born in like one little nook and cranny. That's insane. In the Bermuda Triangle. How do they get all the and way? They get, and they swim for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles throughout the rivers and seas of the world. That's insane. Because you think about the number of predators that must like just hover around where they like all like their their paths back to where they are going to or yeah. like around the like mating and, and spawning area like and the fact that they're just so populous like that doesn't seem plausible. Anyway, eels freak shows of nature. So I've actually looked some stuff up about eels. Oh, eels I things. love eel facts. Oh my god. Okay, so Amazing. Uh, they often live in holes, also known as eel pits because that's like a snake pit but for an eel that yes. seems right. Okay. Um, unlike uh, the kashrut Oh, right? like kosher laws? Yeah. yeah. Unlike the laws of kosher, is it kosherut or kashrut? Or- well, you would say kashrut, and that would mean like the kosher laws. Yeah. Okay. So, unlike what it says in kashrut, mm-hmm. they do actually have fins. So, in kashrut, it's like basically saying that like you, it's like super bad. It forbids the eating of eels because, um, like in in kashrut, it's acceptable to eat finned fish. Finned yeah, but they have fish. to have scales. But they have to have scales. Um, eels which do not were, have those. Eels are erroneously believed to lack fins or scales. They have both. Well, listen, Apparently, when in biblical times, people got a lot of stuff wrong. They thought the earth was 6,000 years old, and they thought that eels did not have scales. It's just— Was it in biblical times that they thought the earth was 6,000 years old, or is it now times that people think that the earth is 6,000 years old? Well, I don't want to get political on this podcast, so I'm not going to say any more about that. Okay. I feel like we're already too far gone with some of that. That's fine. Um, So they're actually okay, just so you know. 
that you feel better about eating eels. That's good because I love eel sushi. It is so good. So interestingly, Japan consumes more than 70% of the global eel catch. Would you like to know something more about eel meat? Mm. Uh, Their blood is actually poisonous. They can only be— That's kind of baller. They can only be um, eaten by humans and, like, other mammals cooked. Mm. Or it also says that the toxic protein is destroyed by the digestive process, Mm. which makes me wonder, like, how is it poisonous if eating it makes the poison inert? But I'm not fully sure. Um, It is derived from eel blood serum. Uh, The toxin derived from eel blood serum was used by Charles Rickett— Richit and his Nobel winning research was which discovered anaphylaxis. Oh wow. So Very there's cool. there's a lot about eels. Um that like one like big ribbon thing that runs along their back mm-hmm. is actually like multiple fins fused together. One of them is known as the anal fin. Thank you. <laughs> so here's that's a little bit about eels. Great. So that's the type of animal skin that we're dealing with. So Hobbs shipped eel skins to Massasoit Whip Company, and the company kept the skins for several months Mm -hmm. without paying. Okay. And without telling Hobbs whether or not the, the, like, Massasoit Whip Company had officially, quote-unquote, officially accepted and agreed to pay for the shipment. So we're in an age where we don't have automatic transactions. It's, like, late 1800s. Like, Civil War was, like, 20 years ago. Reconstruction's happening. We're a lot more trust, honestly. A lot more trust because, you know, so there's this thing called the mailbox rule, which I think Mm. was established after this. But in contracts, an offer, which is, like, me saying— I will give you eel fins for a certain amount of money is considered, you know, active Mm -hmm. um, upon receipt by you. Right. So, like, once you get my offer, then it's a valid offer. Acceptance is considered, like, valid and active as soon as it leaves your hand. Right. And that's to protect the people that accept. Right. No take backsies, y'all. That's right. So, there's a little bit of kind of a little bit of the mailbox rule here where it's like, okay, you seem to have accepted these because you kept them, but you didn't like tell me that you had formally accepted them and you also didn't pay me, which is also a form of acceptance. And maybe he didn't even know if they had gotten lost in the shipment or something. So there's, we don't have like a lot in the facts here because, you know, 1800s, they're not trying to give you like the whole story, I guess. Paper was expensive. I don't know. But something about eel skins, Daniel... Yes. So actually, because it had taken, like, the Massasoit Whip Company hadn't told Hobbs for so long that that, that they had accepted oh, the shipment. so then they expired. They, so they were just had these eel skins sitting around in a box somewhere. Mm-hmm. So the plaintiff, Hobbs, is like, what the fuck, guys? You've had my eel skins for months. You've been unduly enriched by my skins, which is what the court wants to deal with in contracts. It's I would like, love to hear that phrase out of context. I mean, my favorite one is what my professor said all semester is, uh-huh. um, you've been unjustly enriched by my sacks. Oh. They're sex for flower. Uh, but that was when we— Sorry, learned. did you say sex for flower? Sex. Sex for flower. Mm-hmm. Okay. You sure? So I, I am drinking and telling you about the law. Here's to you. I mean— For that. Cheers. Cheers. So Hobbs is like, listen, you have my skins and you are unjustly enriched by my skins. You haven't paid me and you also haven't told me that you formally accepted them. However, if there's no acceptance, Daniel, what is there not? Um, A contract? Yes. 
In order to have a contract, you have to have offer, acceptance, and consideration. Mm. They had the offer for Sherzies, but the question is, like, did they actually accept? If you just, like, let it sit there okay. and you don't pay for it. Here's my thing, though. Like, I understand that they did not make a formal acceptance, mm -hmm. but they did not reject them. Exactly. They did not say, no, 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 we do not accept. Exactly. You know, it's like it's like when you when you get clothes on the internet. Uh huh. When you buy clothes, eel skin clothes. Right. <laughs> and they say, "Hey, you can have this thing for twenty eight days, and if you like it, you keep it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, I send it back. You send it back within twenty eight days. And after the twenty eight days is up, you're shit out of luck, bud. Mm -hmm. You you're stuck with the full bill. Right. And clearly." This is a greater than 28 days situation. I, I looked it up. I really tried to find how long eel skins last for, and I, I could not. Mm. Couldn't find. That's unfortunate. What happens? Yeah, but that, I mean, eventually your time is up, and their time is up. So you're tapping in on this thing, which mm -hmm. um, we learned in class, is this case is really indicative of the rule that silence can act as acceptance if you oh, have— totally. If you have a prior— course of conduct that mm. shows that the way the custom, the way that you deal with each other would suggest to the other person in an affirmative suggestion that your silence on the matter constitutes as your accepting of, I of the see, things. I see, I see. So that's what Justice Holmes, who is writing the opinion of the court, uh, says is that silence can be taken as acceptance of an offer if the offering party makes a reasonable assumption. So if Hobbes was like, it's very reasonable of me to think that you have accepted these things um, yes. because you have not come out and said that you rejected them. And because in the past when we've done our dealings, like it's always been that if you didn't want the skins, you would then reject them mm -hmm. and right. you would always pay for them anyways within a reasonable time. So – because we don't have automatic transactions, mm. you know, there is like a set, there's like kind of a, right, a grace gonna period. There's going to be some delay. Yeah, there's like a grace period. If which, only to send the check through the so mail. So he was like, you accepted them. I never received any payment. You accepted them because we have done business this way forever. Mm -hmm. um, and you never outwardly rejected it. So right. the court was like, yeah, you're right. You should get paid for them. Okay. Even though there were shit now because they're destroyed, but that's not on you. That, that is that's totally on the Massachusetts web, web company's problem. That's right. So because that they because they didn't reject and because they kept them for such an unreasonable time, that mm -hmm. is considered sufficient to totally make absolutely an acceptance. Which means that there was a contract. Which means that he can sue on the contract and get the price of the eel skins. If it was Excellent. not, here's the thing. If it was not ruled to be acceptance, mm -hmm. then he possibly could have sued for quantum merit. Quantum merit is the same thing as restitution. Okay. How is that different from this? So restitution is what you get if you've been unjustly enriched by something I have done for you. Mm. But like our agreement or our right. situation is not enough to warrant an official contract. So basically what you're saying is like if they had shown if they had said no, this was not an acceptance. Yeah. Then he would say, Quarter. "All right, well give me my skins back." He and then say, he would get them back and be like, "Well, these are fucking expired, well, could, so give me the money." Giving the skins back would be kind of a type of like specific performance, which is where like you try and get like the thing to be done or to be undone. Um, but that would be if it was on the contract. So I guess 
I guess that's a good point because it is a fungible good. Can you be unjustly enriched by something that has already expired even if you never paid for it in the first right. place? That's my point. And that like is when if you have creative lawyers, it can be really helpful. Like you could say – Daniel, creative lawyer Esquire, it's me. Like you could really try and twist an argument about like the value of – like continuing your professional relationship with them by selling them the skins instead of somebody else. Mm, that would be witty. It just, it would be difficult because once yeah. you like start trying to bring in stuff that comes from outside of the purpose of the contract, then courts are very reticent to uphold that. Yes. But this doesn't matter because they said it was an acceptance. Yeah. And so then he got the price of the skins. Hell yeah. So that's Hobbs versus Massasoit Whip Company. Whip Company. Okay, very good. Yeah, simple, sweet, short, silky. What can't you do according to case law, Megan? You can't just accept shit and not pay for it. You can't just let it sit in a box and rot and not pay for it. Right. Especially if, if it was somebody sends you a good, you should pay for it. If Preferably prior- with a thank you note because that's a nice thing to right. do. But if it's a gift, you don't have to pay for it. But obviously this was not a gift. This was a business transaction for which they had prior yeah. and continuous relations. So that's that. Do we have any wrap-up comments? I want to feel like what an eel, like a tanned eel skin is like. Like, I I really don't buy, like, try to buy, like, genuine leather products. Like, I really try to be vegan about stuff. But I'm very curious. Like, I've read so much about the description of these things. That I, I like, I like how you phrase that. I really try to be vegan about stuff. <laughs> that is a... Gem, but I do it with my makeup too. Like I, my, I really try to make my makeup be cruelty free and like free of animal products and stuff like that. Just and like I don't need anything that is made with animal products. Yes, unless like I don't know, maybe in one of my medications or something. But ultimately, things that I buy that are luxuries, I don't need to have animal products in them. But I really just want to feel like what eel skin feels like yeah on an eel and and off an eel we can go eel hunting if you want that ew like with a net how do you catch eels you basically stick a rod like a metal rod into the water where the eels are and turn it on with high voltage and it like it paralyzes them and so they slither out of their holes oh that's so sad oh that's horrifying no it's okay it doesn't like hurt them well they're hiding in their house Imagine if you were hiding in your house, someone mind controlled you, you to walk You know that when outside. you ask a human being to ask what it's like to be an animal, that it's not going to go well. We know that that's a ridiculous way to do things. Just try to have some empathy here is all I'm saying. I do not have empathy. Unless it is for children who get sued by their own family members. I'm still <laughs> not over it. I'm still oh, not over it. Oh, that poor guy. Unbelievable. Anyway... That's it. That's it for this episode of Drunk Law School. I'm Daniel. She's Megan. Hey. You can get us wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can email us if you have ideas for A, things we should drink, B, cases we should talk about, C, um, if you've ever touched an eel skin, I want yes, to hear about it. Exactly. Tell me more about the What's our I email don't address, know? Megan? Uh, Drunk Law School Podcast at gmail.com. You nailed it. Wow. Good job. Amazing. I was not, I was not confident. Fantastic. We are on Instagram at Drunk Law School. If you would like some drink recipes, courtesy of yours truly, 
I will be posting them really, on there with cool photos. He really got a very fancy um, drink mixing book. I did. That's a chemistry. We're gonna we're gonna be doing some techniques here, y'all. It might involve liquid nitrogen. No, that I'm not. <laughs> liquid nitrogen scares the the pans off of me. But this scares the bejesus out of you. Yeah, I will just say. If you want some cool drink recipes, you can go on our Instagram. We will be posting some there. Um, I can teach you how to make a drink that tastes kind of like a jelly donut. I don't know. You might want that. Good for Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. When they hear this, it will not be Hanukkah anymore. Well, maybe they'll go back and listen. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, here it is. Your moment is in. It's up to you. New... (laughs) New York, New York. Okay, I'm done.